Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project where I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. We have to probably apologize that we haven't shot one for a while. Let's just be frank. Hiatus. Little hiatus, if you will. It felt good though, honestly. Eh, it did and it didn't. Uh, so I should probably apologize for this. This is kind of like my main thing in the company. One of them, I should say, I champion the podcast. And uh, this last time, um, let's just be really honest. We've grown and we've helped facilitate. We've brought in new people. We are growing at Uncommon Wealth Partners. It feels really good because we're going to go impact more people. Uh, but one person that we get to interview today is actually somebody that we onboarded. He's a new advisor. His name's Aaron Kramer. Welcome to the show, my man. What's good? Not much. I'm glad to be here, guys. This is exciting. <laughs> Feels like we've done this before. It's almost like a deja vu. Um, I'm grateful that you're here. Uh, Brian, it feels good to be back on the mic. Feels good to be back. I actually really do enjoy podcasting. Podcast, yeah, I feel like every time I learn something, I hear something that I needed to hear. Right. And so what we really want to do is highlight how awesome Aaron Kramer is. He's uncommon. I can't wait to tell you how we started, how we got to know each other, and kind of what his expertise is, his superpower, if you will. Uh, and so, Aaron, let's just talk quick. You got a family, you got kids, where do you live, all that stuff. All right, yeah. So I live in Clive, Iowa, pretty much Waukee. Okay. I got a family. Got my, I married my high school sweetheart. Got a little girl. She's seven. Seven's, seven, the age of seven's not fun. Uh <laughs> That's, I mean, I got two dogs, and I mean, hobby-wise, I am a full-blown meathead. Yes. So yes. Okay. That's about it. I'm a pretty boring person. So when you say meathead, I'm thinking like, so you just know because there's no video, which that would be fun at some yeah. point to have some video. But we're working on it. Yep. Yeah, uh, he's kind of like a bodybuilder, like a beast, like a complete powerlifting beast. So that's you know that's who we're looking at right now. Um, and if you see him, he's a gentle giant. Super cool. So I want to go into how did we first connect? Because I love this story. Yeah, I could talk about it again. I could talk about it all day. So, I mean, we first met. I was trying to get involved with the FPA, the Financial Planning Association, and so I reached out to get contacted. And good, good old Phil, you gave me a phone call, and I think we talked on the phone for a good hour. Yeah, it should have been fifteen minutes. So my responsibility with Financial Planners Association is kind of like adding new members. So if somebody's interested in the organization, I'll give them a call and just say, hey, this is why I like it. Anyway, so Aaron expressed interest in Financial Planners Association of the chapter of Iowa. So I gave him a call. And I remember on the other line was just a guy who like really wanted to do right, cared about people, just didn't know how to build a business. Didn't know what he didn't know. Didn't know what he didn't know. And so we talked for an hour. And I just honestly really just encouraged you. Like, hey, how you're practicing is different. I didn't really say uncommon, I don't think. But no. I was thinking uncommon. Uh, and then we just kind of kept talking about it and just kept encouraging you. And 
and and that. And then you and I hung out a couple times at FPA. Yep. And then you and I got a, you started an organization, kind of a group. And what was that group? Why did you start it? And that kind of then goes into kind of your expertise. I think. Yeah. So. I started like a psychological, emotional money masterminds group because I love that whole side of our career. But with that, um, I knew you were being different. So I was like, oh, Phil like this. He, he likes the whole counseling side of money. So I asked you to come part of it. But it's not that group was not just for us like financial planners or money people. It's for, so we have therapists in the group. We have financial coaches that just do like money, Mm -hmm. like budgeting budgeting kind of thing. So it's for all that kinds of group. But yeah, so we run, we do that. We do that like every once a month. Once Once a quarter. Once a quarter. Once a month started and then we moved it to once a quarter. Yeah. So, um, but there's just, I mean, it's fun here in the Midwest. It's so rare. So it's hard to get more members. So I'm really fortunate and happy to have the ones that we have. Right. Right. So tell me about your background. Where did you go to college, high school, all that stuff? So I grew up in Grimes, Iowa. Mm, so Grimes. good old Mustang. <laughs> yeah. uh, it gets better. I went to Upper Iowa, so I got to be a peacock. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So I don't I, actually know if they make that noise, but it felt appropriate. <laughs> it felt right. It was. was right. It, it, I mean, so I wrestled up there. I mean, to the point, like, I think. They have pe- re- peacock wrestlers. Ooh. Did you know that? Yeah. We don't. Those uh, singlets had to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we at the wrestling team, we, we do the perch fork. We don't really do the whole peacock thing. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. Um, we'll leave it there. Yeah. There's other jokes there, but it's fun. <laughs> so wrestled up there for four years. Uh and then came back home. I mean, to do this whole. Financial. How long have you been doing the financial advising? I'm going, I think I'm going on my seventh year here. Right. Right. Yeah. So I've done six. I've knocked out six. You're at the tipping point. Yeah. Japanese proverb: business the tipping point is reached at the end of six years, seventh year in your business. That's good to hear because you know I was told, and I don't know what you guys were told when you first got in the business. It's like. Oh, you're gonna make so much money in the beginning. Like yeah. first five years, you're gonna be making a hundred thousand. No, and yeah, maybe I, I guess. I don't. I quickly found out. Like, I mean, I don't even care how cool you are, unless you were like Division One football player. Right. Everybody wants you sitting in their living room. Yes. That ain't happening. <laughs> no, right, right. It, unless you do something shady, you're selling something that might not be yeah. the best for people. Yeah, upfront commissions. Yeah, that kind you're of taking things. a product to every. Right. Anybody will listen to you. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what I know. So I've noticed like those guys that get there really fast, like they, yeah, they make a lot of money. They hit that like ceiling really quick because they right. they're not getting referrals because they're being shady. Right. But these guys in our world that like are ginormous and then you tell them, they're like, well, how fast did it take you to build? And they're like, oh my gosh, 10 years. Right. Right. Like, like oh, but now they just sit there and they get referrals like That's crazy because right. they did it right, right. Yeah. from the beginning and always did people right. So you've had six years of experience and you're bringing over clients to the uncommon world. And so there could be people right now listening to this podcast. They have never heard of uncommon wealth other than you telling them, hey, this is a new team I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome to the brand, everybody. Yeah. Uh, and also welcome to you. Like there's not a lot of people that will let wear the uncommon brand because it's to Brian and I, it's kind of like it's our child. So you don't yeah. want to just—it's like our last name almost. It's a—it's part of us. And so, 
Uh, I'm grateful that you get to have the honor of being uncommon. And you always were uncommon, and that's kind of what I kind of saw from you at the beginning. And yeah, so, I feel privileged. It's cool. Well, let's let's. I want Brian to talk because he's awesome. Well, it's funny because you guys obviously had a little bit more of a history when right. than I was pulled in. And the first time we met, I was like, "Oh man, we got to get this guy. He's right. he's a uh, part of the fold." So it was it was a quick, um, quick and easy answer, you know, to get him over here, and you know, because of the groundwork the two of you had. And so I'm I'm super excited, and you know, we want to build a firm that has a lot of different you know specialities and uh, expertises and skill sets and uh aaron you definitely bring those to the table so that's kind of where I, I wanted to pivot you know we've talked a lot philip on some podcasts had some guests on about student loans the epidemic of student loans in our country you know it's over like 1.3 trillion now student loan debt 30 percent of it is like non-performing uh meaning people aren't paying those bills uh and so there's just a lot of confusion in that space there's a lot of debt in that space and um that's kind of one of the areas you focused on. So yeah, I gotta be happy to because I'm a millennial. I know we, we make big jokes about all that fun stuff, but student loans is a big one. So I kind of felt like I had to go get educated on that. Last I looked, I, so don't if you fact check me and I'm wrong, it's because I'm not. <laughs> not I haven't helpful. looked, but like last I looked, I was the first one in Iowa to have my CSLP. Okay. So, um, what is a CSLP? A certified Student Loan Professional. There it is. Nice. There so, it is. which is a big deal. Like yeah. these are big decisions, and they're a lot of dollar it's bills, hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially per person, right? Or per couple, and people go into that willy nilly. You don't have a plan. You get taken advantage of pretty quickly. Yeah, that yeah. whole system. Like the federal government, I'll give it to them that they've done a lot to like help, but they have made it so hard to understand what is happening. It, it's been easy on the front end to get the money and it's very difficult on the back end yeah. to figure it out. So hard. I mean, yeah. Cause that test, like I know I don't like tests. I'm not a great test taker, but we all like us sitting here, we've all had to pass hard tests just to mm-hmm. get into the business. And this, this one, it trumped our securities exams. And I was just yeah. like, ah, <laughs> that you was and not for kindred spirits. Yes, yeah. we are. <laughs> You can see why we, we roll together. So so let's go back to how we met. So we were in this kind of like little group, psychology group of money. Uh, and then you reached out to me, and then we had breakfast, basically. Yep. I bought you breakfast. He did. And there's not a lot of people that do, so there's that. <laughs> Those T-Rex like, arms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when we had breakfast, you were like, okay, how did you build a practice that was basically uncommon, that was different, that was doing things right? And you know, like doing things right, sometimes it's like the last thing you need to do is pay me. You just do this, that, and the other. And you kind of saw that. Uh, and so y- you basically just were picking my brain of like, how do I... Yeah, I think I was this? like word vomiting because if I, if I remember the, the meeting right, you were just eating and just kind of like nodding your head a lot like... Yeah, and I was just word vomiting because <laughs> when we all got said and done, like my food wasn't eaten, which is a big deal for me because I love food. And you're just like, yeah, I've been down this road. I understand this. Like, no big deal. No, that wasn't it. I was no, just, I mean, like, in the most a good best way. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was just like, oh, like, yeah, I have lots to learn. And that's when I was like, I got to go talk to Brian. I think that's what I said. I was like, hey, let me go talk to Brian. And then basically, Brian, I was just like, hey, this guy's uncommon. And I think he's doing things the right way. We definitely need help. Yeah. Uh, praise the Lord. And so uh, you came over. So yeah. you started. And I just think like it's been such a fun fit for me watching him interact with his clients 
interact with, you know, potential clients that we have. It's been an amazing fit. So for all our listeners, uh, don't be afraid. He's uncommon and you're going to love him. Uh, but what would you say? I'd love to hear and talk about your superpowers. So what would you say your superpower is from your perspective? I would love Brian and I to give you our superpower working with you the last couple of uh, weeks. Uh, and then we'll go from there. Well, um, that's a hard one to do. Cause like, I feel like all of us have a hard time talking about ourselves. <laughs> uh, I think pretty much like it's, it's the emotional side of money. I, I, I'm not like the only reason I would say it's a superpower. It did not come from the, like it was hard learned to like get to where I was at. Cause I, it was a lot of more just like cleaning my own skeletons out of my own closet. Mm-hmm. And I am a big believer in like to truly help someone you got to like help yourself because you know, in today's society, we all love to be like, I'm going to help you. But in their closets, like the messiest closet ever. Right. Right. So I'm coming in there with you. (laughs) Yeah. So when I like cleaning mine out and when I'm talking about cleaning my closet, I like, I mean, I had goals. I love chasing stuff, but me and finances, like even here, yeah, I worked in finance, but I could spend money like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And so I had to figure that all out and knowing that like, you know, this, I'm going to be very cliche here because I do love the whole like uncommon thing, but like the common way of like getting better with money didn't work for me right. or my wife. Right. So finding that path, it took a very uncommon path to, for me to do it. Right. And so, which then really helped lead me to like understanding the emotions around money. Right. Yeah. How do you think you did that? How do you think, what was like the key thing that you guys got you out of the rut? Um, well, it pretty much was me keeping us in the rut. Um, so me loving emotions and like, like, cause to me, you can show your emotions. You can do anything. I like therapy since we provide some therapy in our practice and I provide therapy, like financial therapy, not psychotherapy, make that very clear. Right. Um, I was in psychotherapy. I was like, I'm going to get better. And so my therapist helped led me through that stuff. I had a really good knowledge in that area. And it like just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then there going forward, like I walked out of there and everything I was spending my money on that was stupid was no longer being spent on. Like it was like a, mm-hmm. that fast like fix for clicked. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just clicked. And I'm like, oh, this is like not restrictive. Before I felt like budgeting and managing your money was restrictive, and don't I definitely align with that feeling of feeling restricted. Yeah, and when I feel restricted, like I'm that personality, like oh, (laughs) we're gonna go the other way. Yeah. So, but like once I like that, she helped me make that click, and with my personality and my trauma that I've had in the past, and we worked all through that. I'm like, oh, and so then I saw the power of it, and that's when I was like, I'm no longer going to be a common financial advisor. I'm bringing this to being uncommon. So that's what I've like started putting into my practice. Just the exercise. And I know your story a little bit better than most. So I'm just going to pull this out, but just the exercise of what is like important to you and like, what do you want your future to be like? Mm -hmm. And then looking at your finances and is, how are you spending your money? Are they in line with the things that you're important? Their top three most important things. Yeah. And a lot of times it isn't. And that was a huge kind of thing for Brian and I early in our practice is we would ask people like, what are your goals? What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to create? And then they would kind of get done with this and they'd be all jacked up. 
And then I'm like, well, or Brian would say like, well, where's your money at? Like, and it's like all in my 401k and like, okay, like how is that going to help you get to really what you want to achieve? And it's just the realization of like, Hey, maybe I need to align my finances with what is truly important to me. Yeah. And then once you figure that out, you start thinking like, okay, what else can help you? And I think that's when the budget comes in where it's like, maybe it's not something that hinders me, but maybe it's a freedom thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make sure that I'm paying right now. Now, honestly, if you're thinking there, you're like, I hate budgeting. I hear you. I'm there with you. Uh, and so, but maybe well, we, we do another Yeah, moment. we all hate budgeting. Right. Like, yeah, it's no, terrible. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, like, it's a very... But it's I'm, effective. Well, the interesting thing... Yeah, it's so effective. The You know, my mom, I remember her growing up with the checkbook out, you know, and she'd always be doing this stuff in the checkbook, you know, and like when we, you know, I'm 40 to date myself uh, as the airing of this, but, um, you know, like we we had a checkbook, but you didn't really use it. It was like in the drawer, worst case scenario. Right, yeah. Right. So you weren't balancing a budget with a checkbook. And now, like, there really is these, oh, let's use an app, and it's all retroactive. And so it, it is a frustrating experience right now yeah i mean it's there's nothing more like in your face human like making you like see the bigger picture than when you're doing your budget right Right. and then to do it with a spouse that's typically wired the opposite of you know you most couples are wired differently with money and i think the other thing to touch on something with you you know we all know we all hear it that you know money is one of the top two reasons for divorce but even like being in this yeah even being in this business, it's like, what are we actually doing to help couples avoid that? You know, yeah. like if that is their reality, what are we bringing to the table as, you know, A and Commonwealth, B, the industry, to really help with that? And, and that's why I'm really excited about the stuff that you're working on with the emotional factor, the money scripts, the things we learn as kids about money from our parents that's good and or bad. Yeah. And so. So I love doing that. Like, and I know we won't get into it today, but like, taking like and understanding ourselves better around money and our emotions helps us as individuals. But like, yeah, because money is the number one reason for divorce, like getting the better understanding yourself, but also allowing your spouse to understand you better. Cause that, then you get so much more grace, mm-hmm. you know, from your That's spouse. A good point. That's a good like, point. I mean, my wife would just get so frustrated with me, but then once she kind of realized my entire story and like how all my trauma in my life kind of came together, but just in my, and then growing up That's my childhood, good. she's like, Oh, Aaron, that's this, you know, but then it goes back to like setting like good boundaries with your spouse and like understanding how to like talk to them around money. Like right. my wife never, ever tells me I can't buy something anymore. Right. You know, all she asked me is like, does that help your top three priorities? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dang it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. no. So. So good. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about his superpowers. Brian, you want to go next? Good job. You did it well. You know, it's like, hey, write your bio. I don't want to write my bio. I don't want to talk about myself. But yeah. you did great. Okay. We'll do the rest. Yeah. I think uh, two that I've noticed is hard work um, and just persistence. I'll go to persistence. I'll leave you with hard work. Sorry. Um, but yeah, just persistent with things. And uh, and then I think two to make it more on the technical side. You know, what you're doing with the student loan stuff and the, the money script stuff, I think is super exciting. I'm really excited to get that woven into the practice for our, for our clients, prospective clients. Um, because I think, I think too, as you age, you look at someone being married for 30, 40 years with another spouse and the power of understanding 
each of your approaches and relationship with money at an earlier age and what that could do to trans, you know, transform your ability to save and invest um, is super exciting to me. So I think just the the areas that you're pushing into are just super interesting right now to, to us and, uh, and just a great addition to the firm. So awesome. for sure. And I think that we should do like a, its own episode podcast on student loans. I think that would be really good. So to be decided yeah. later date. Uh, and hopefully that will make sure that we don't have another lapse, a hiatus, as Brian says. All right, to me, superpowers. I got three. You ready for them? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that you truly care, and that's what I would say. That's what I noticed the first time we talked, when we had our first seven minute that turned into 30 minutes. I could tell you cared, which is huge. like huge, huge, huge. Second thing is you're vulnerable. I love that. I think that's the coolest thing. Like, and I think Brian and I have gotten a lot of traction in our practice of just being super vulnerable. Yeah. There's times like, I'm just not feeling it. And you'll know. You'll know that. Uh, you'll know if Felipe, <laughs> oh, Felipe comes out. Um, and so there's that. And then the third thing is you're just a hard worker. And there's been a lot of points where, and we've only worked together for three weeks, so you'll probably you're definitely a hard worker, but there's been times that's been edified of the decision that you've made and we've made in you and invested in you. Uh, but here's one of them that I, I get all hyped up about. And since we've already talked about your meathead, your beast self-diagnosed, he is a beast. Uh, but one goal that you had was trying to get in the top 10 in the world of powerlifting in your weight class. Yep. First of all, to just go after that is pretty sweet. I think. Um, but as you were training, you were benching something that I don't think I could even <laughs> even look at, let alone squat, deadlift, and uh, bench. And you, you had an accident. You blew out your pec, right? Your yeah. pectoral muscle ripped. My pec major, yeah. Pec major. And is, so, well, it is the smaller of the two. So it's it's, Name backwards. If you yeah. ever want to know anything about like Greenland and Iceland. Brian, yeah. Brian knows. <laughs> Brian knows all of this stuff. You can ask him later. Um, and so you blew out your pec. Obviously, that's a huge, like... Muscle group. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge muscle group yeah. when you're trying to train for anything, but especially this, which completely like took you back. So you had to get surgery. Anyway, six months later, you, we were talking, and you were like, yep, six months ago I had surgery, and I'm back in the weight room, and I'm just lifting 25-pound dumbbells. And I thought the vulnerability and the transparency and the hard work that it takes to then be completely like going back to 25 pounds has to be super humbling. Yeah. But the fact that you were in there, because honestly, I'd be in the couch with Cheetos and talking about the <laughs> sugar golden cookies. years. Yeah, sugar cookies. Can I get an amen? Uh, but not you. It's just like you're back in the gym. No matter what the weight is, you're still doing it. And I thought, man, you're super uncommon, and you're going to work well here. Yeah. So anyway, so that's my three. Um, well done. Thank you. Well. Okay, what other questions do we need to know for you? I want to know ideal clients that you're looking for, that kind of stuff, and then how... I don't know. I just say, what is your general feel of uncommon wealth and where we're going? But let's well, start with your ideal client. Okay. I want to start it the other way, but okay. So ideal um, client for me, like it's your more of your like risk taker kind of person. Like if you're that person that's like constantly like, you're just going to take a toe and you're going to tap, you're going to tap, you're going to tap. See, you don't know if you want to jump in mm, to your goals and yeah. stuff like that. Like water looks cold. Yeah. Those water looks cold. Like we're not going to get along. Like we're not like, we might be able to like <laughs> yes. go grab a beer, but we're not going to make any progress. Cause like right. you're going to feel so much pressure for me. Cause I'm that person. Like, Hey, I need you to jump into that lake. That looks fun. I was like, okay, do you need to test the water? I'm like, Nope, I'm already running. 
I'm jumping in. Mm-hmm. Like I've there's a lot of life lessons to like, you know, test the waters first, but that's not my personality. So for me, it's that person that really just wants to get after it and mm-hmm. set up a team in their corner to help them get after what they want. Right. So Amen. that's my ideal client. Right. I would also say, too, that's really aligned with Uncommon Wealth Partners. And I'm always saying this because all of our listeners have probably heard this before, but maybe not your listeners. But the clients that we have trouble working with are the clients that don't know what they want. Yeah. If they have no idea what they want, even after we talk for a while, then we're just not a good fit because we can't tell you what you want and we can't even put anything in front of you. We can't even create a plan on, I don't know. Like, yeah. right. so we always just say like, Hey, we'll be ready as soon as you're ready and you know what you want. I can't tell you how many people have come back and like, okay, now I know. And we say, okay, now we're ready. You know? Yeah. So, and that's great. But I like, yeah, those people are, if you can come down to find what you want, but I got like, I've had people that know what they want and you're like, let's do it. Uh-huh. And, they're like, well, that's a good point. And you're like, I don't I mean, there's going to, they start looking at all the downsides of it. And you're like, you're depressing <laughs> next. <laughs> so what are you most excited about for 20? We're in 20. Uh, we're not supposed to talk about dates, but 2022, 2022. Here we are. Here we are. So I like, I'm super excited about being a part of this team. Cause like, you know, like, well, you know, when we first met and we were, we go back to like that conversation when we we're talking about getting breakfast I literally have felt like an I've been out on an island mm. by myself for a long time because I get into the emotional stuff because I take a very different approach to financial planning. I mean, I've kind of been on an island by myself. And so now one being part of a team that like does pretty much the same thing I do. We have we all have a little different styles, but for the most part like we're all the same. Right. I'm like stoked out of my mind. Right. So I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I have people I can bounce ideas off of." And then that like have taken the same approach I have. So when I have like hit a bump in the road, they're like, Oh yeah, done that hundred times. Do this. Cool. Thanks. Moving on. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, right No, man, I think your projection or trajectory. what is it? Trajectory. Trajectory. Gosh, what would I do without Brian <laughs> is so exciting for uncommon wealth for not only us, but other people to get them on this uncommon, I would say path. And that's what we would always say. Like, we want to impact as many people as we can, and we just need help. And so, yeah, you're such a I'm, huge asset. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm pumped to have you on the team, you know, and I think the law firm kind of model is interesting and an easy way to, I guess, approach. I feel like where, you know, what we're trying to create is where you have a team of lawyers. You're all talented, but you're all kind of talented in different ways, and we can, uh, you know, really put something in front of any, you know, client, entrepreneur family uh, and just bring tremendous value as a team you know and uh and really help change lives so super excited to have you on the on the on board right and hopefully like this podcast so i think maybe just to take a step back the reason why we started this podcast is because we want to interview people that are dominating at life or absolutely loving what they're doing every day they don't feel like they're working yet they're getting paid for it and so that's what the podcast was all about. That was like the genesis. Mm-hmm. One, like what obstacles have you had to overcome? Right. Who are the mentors in your life? Uh, and then, you know, how do you get to the next level? And then how do you get to the point where you're like now jumping off the common now to the uncommon? So l- last question, who do you, who would you say your biggest mentor is? Oh my gosh. Like that, that question's like, that, I mean, that's a very powerful question. But it got, like it kind of comes down into like what area of life, 
Mm. That's actually good. Because, like, we all have different areas that we're trying to pursue. Right. So, like, I mean, just in life in general, um, this is going to be super cliche, but, like, I'm religious, so I like I gotta go with like I have a much different view than most about Christianity and God, but like it's the big guy because he right. kind of always keeps me grounded. Right. So it's a good one. Be, it'd be him. It's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not cliche. No, no, not at all. I appreciate it. Well, Aaron, welcome to the team. If you had any questions or any questions for us, uncommonwealth.com is the website. Uh, you've been listening to the Uncommon Life Project. Aaron, welcome to the team, man. You're a huge asset. Glad and, to be here. Uh, Amen. Yeah, you're just going to thrive. I can't wait. So thank you for listening. You've been, co- you've been listening to the Uncommon Life Project. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Thanks for listening. Until next time, go be uncommon. Thanks, Thanks everybody. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project. Brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.